Hi, my name is David Vaughn, and I want to thank you for being here. I'm so glad you're with us, especially if you're watching on the TV or online. We are elated that you're joining us every week. And I'm elated to be here with my Good News Tour t-shirt, my buff self, muscles, bulging. I know you can see that right through the TV, you know. I heard about a doctor who told a patient, he said, hey, I've got bad news, and I got really bad news. The patient said, okay, well, what's the bad news? The doctor said, hey, listen, you only have 24 hours to live. He said, that's a bad, what's the really bad news? He said, I forgot to call you yesterday and tell you. (laughs) Well, in a world of bad and I'm telling you really bad news, it seems to change and get worse day by day. In a world of bad and really bad news, I've got some good news for you today. In fact, we're on this good news tour. We are slowly making our way back, possibly, to having in-person gatherings right here on our Cleves campus. And today we have some of our staff and their families and some of the best volunteers we got, guest services volunteers. And these good folks are practicing and praying and pondering and figuring out how to give you the best experience, hopefully, when we all come back on Sunday, June 26th. Now, stay tuned. This changes every day in our world, and you'll hear me talk a little bit more about that. That can be so frustrating. But maybe you're not quite ready to come back on campus. That's cool. Keep watching online. We're going to keep bringing that. We love that. We've doubled down on our online resources just for you who are watching and we're glad. Better yet, some of you may want to watch a watch party with a small group of your friends and that's cool too. But we are all about good news here. We're on this tour, this quest to find good news, to share good news, to create good news in our communities for and in the name of Jesus Christ. We have an anchor verse And boy, this anchor is something you can hold on to when the ships and the seas get all out of whack. It's our anchor verse for this series. It's our anchor verse for your life. Here it is, John 10, 10. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest. And so today our tour stops on this crowded intersection with a few people who had some issues who kept interrupting Jesus. Let me see your hand, even on your living room watching now, how many of y'all got some issues? None of the people in the room got them, but how many of you all have some issues? Yeah, I know, don't lie. Even in the issues of your life, you will see today that there can be good news in the interruptions of your life. Now, I don't know about you, but I hate to be interrupted. Those of us who are parents or grandparents, have you ever had your children interrupt you when you're trying to like finish a project, finish a conversation, finish a sentence? It is annoying to be interrupted. Am I right about that? I have a tendency to interrupt people myself because I got something to say to them. Back when we played and watched sports, they had to deal with a whole host of interruptions too. I put together, we put together some classic clips of just some brief animal interruptions. Check this out. He's at the two, and the cat is in the CDW red zone. CW people who get it, and the cat runs into the end zone. That is a touchdown. Now we've got something thrown out on the ice. 
puck is picked up and cleared to center. It's a chicken. Somebody threw a live chicken on the ice. We have uh, a new hazard at 17. Yep, 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 we've got it. We have liftoff. <laughs> oh, oh, no! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we have a squirrel crawling up the net behind home plate. He's going to try. Oh. Interruptions. Man, those interruptions irritate us, whether we're playing a game or not. But here's the cool thing that I noticed studying the life of Jesus on this Good News Tour. He didn't mind an interruption. In fact, Jesus welcomed them. And if you want to have some fun, if you're a little bored in this COVID chaos season, just start going through the Bible and look at the times that God interrupted someone to bring them good news. God is in the interruptions. So I want you to listen up today, whether you're in this room or whether you're in your room watching this, because you might just learn something that will help your life because I don't know if you figured this out yet after like three or four months, COVID-19 has disrupted and interrupted everything. And can I just say this to you? I am uber annoyed and irritated with anything COVID. I'm annoyed with the news. I'm annoyed with politics. I'm annoyed with isolation. I'm annoyed with social distancing. I'm stinking annoyed with masks. And I'm telling you what else, I'm annoyed with everybody telling me what I should do about masks. I'm just telling you, all the interruptions, all of the disruptions, you can find, I have found solace and comfort to the issues of interruptions in the story that I want to walk through with you today. It's found in Luke chapter 8, verse 40. It is a story filled with multiple interruptions. But I got good news. God is in the interruptions. It says here in Luke chapter 8, verse number 40, follow along with me. Now, when Jesus returned, and where's Jesus returning from? Jesus is returning from casting out demons. <laughs> and I have, a, I have a lot of demons that I think need to be cast out in our world. When Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, it says, for they were all expecting him. All great things happen when you expect Jesus to show up. The reason some of you are panicking in your interruption is because you don't think Jesus is going to show up. He wants to show up. He will show up. Expect him to show up. And it says here, as Jesus was uh, walking down this road, there a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet. Let me stop there. He's a synagogue leader. It literally means he was the president of the synagogue. This is a muckety-muck in their religious system. You don't get any higher than that. He was a man of high stature. He would have been a man opposed to Jesus because he was a religious leader. This leader, though, came and fell at Jesus' feet. Oh, even the highest fall to their knees when they're at their lowest. Why is he at a low point? He's pleading with him. To come to his house. Why? Because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. Any of you parents who have a sick child, you can relate to this. This little girl, she's gone. Jesus is the only hope. 
fact, I, we used to sing a song when I was growing up, he is all I need, Jesus is all I need. You know when you find out Jesus is all you need, friend? When he's all you got left. This guy is desperate. Jesus is all he has, and so pain causes him to pocket his pride. So he runs to Jesus. Could I just call a little time out here? Why do we always wait to run to Jesus as the last resort? When our spouse walks out and we know they're walking out for good, we run to Jesus. When the lawyer calls and says, you're in big trouble, that's when some of us run to Jesus. When the doctor calls and says, it's terminal, oh, we run to Jesus in. When the banker calls and says, you're bankrupt, we run to Jesus. Why do we wait and run to him last? I'm saying to deal with the issues and interruptions of your life, go to him first. So he's walking now to Jairus' house, Jesus is, and here we discover interruption number one. See, even Jesus was interrupted. As Jesus was on his way to heal this little girl, the crowds almost crushed him. Now, clearly, this was pre-COVID. <laughs> no social distancing here. Don't, can't you just long and wait for the day when we can be packed again and crushed by a crowd? And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Notice the juxtaposition here. Here we have a little girl who's 12, and now we have a woman who's been dealing with an issue for 12 years. We're not told what the issue is. It's an issue of blood. Maybe it's a menstrual issue. I don't know what it is. She's been living long term with an issue. She would have been unclean. She would have been probably ostracized, maybe criticized, or maybe it's a private, physical, chronic issue she's dealing with. And this story of which we find now is kind of parenthetical to the first story. Can't you just see Jairus kind of, hey, uh, lady, I know you got some issues, but I got issues. My daughter's waiting for Jesus. But Jesus stops. He doesn't mind the interruption. And it says she had these issues for 12 years, but no one could heal her. Now, I bet that was really hard to write for the person who we're reading this eyewitness testimony of because it's written by Luke. What was Luke? Some of y'all in guest services know. He was a doctor. In fact, another manuscript, an earlier manuscript added here, and this woman had spent all she had on doctors. Now, that would have been so humbling for him to write. She spent it all. But for any of you watching, listen, for any of you watching who have a chronic issue, it may be COVID or anything, Jesus, the great physician, he helps and he can heal when others can't. The great physician works when other physicians don't. When you have expounded and expanded every option, turn to Jesus because often he's been waiting for you to interrupt him. Because God is bigger than your circumstances. He's better than your circumstances. But can your heart just go out to Jairus? Now he's waiting, waiting for Jesus to come. Doesn't your heart also go out to this woman, this poor woman, who has this issue of blood for 12 years? I mean, she's stuck. And stuck stinks. <laughs> the same is lame. There you go. It's almost as good as hope is the best dope. The same is lame. That's why some of us are going crazy right now. We have issues. It's the same thing every day. Same as lame. Nobody could heal her. So here's what she does, verse 44. I love this woman. She came up behind Jesus and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. 
Now, honestly, I want God to heal that way all the time. A lot of miracles in the Bible were instant. They were permanent. They're set. Jesus didn't charge. See, I, I believe, don't get me started on this, especially on TV since I'm a TV preacher now. Um, I believe in healing. I just don't believe in faith healers because they usually charge. And I found sometimes it's not permanent. It comes back. It's not instant. But God does heal progressively with good doctors as well. But in this case, immediately, her bleeding stopped. I love the audacity of this woman. She's desperate too. And what I love is that she doesn't even want to be noticed. She tries to anonymously just kind of touch the hem of his garment. She wanted the healer as much as the healing. And I love this woman because of the example she sets. Oh, she could have stayed on the sideline and said, I'm not going to interrupt Jesus. In fact, some people would have told her don't do that. But she moved to her healing. See, in life, you can either make excuses or you can make progress, but you can't make both. Decide you're going to lean into, I'm going to take responsibility for my interruption or my healing. And for many people, they just want Jesus to do something and they do nothing. When I was a young pastor, <laughs> I was kind of naive because when somebody told me they wanted to get better, I assumed they meant it. <laughs> and what I found out, they didn't want to get better. If it requires work, if it requires change, do you want to get well? Oh, this woman wants to get well. And I love Jesus' response here. Immediately the bleeding stopped. Jesus stops. Again, he interrupts what's going on. Who touched me, Jesus asked. What a question. When they all denied it, did you touch him? I didn't touch him. Did you touch him? No, I didn't touch that guy. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, Peter kind of the spokesperson of the group, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. <laughs> what do you mean who touched you? Everybody's touching you. No, Jesus said, Someone touched me because I know that power has gone out from me. He's paying attention to the one anonymous woman with an issue that he cares and wants to heal. And I also notice now, and I so appreciate your prayers for me in my wonderful congregation, many of whom I've never, John and I have never even met before, when you are a wounded healer like we are, not that we're anywhere close to Jesus, but we're in the helping people get better, heal, well, profession and calling. When you spend a lot of time helping people, can I just say to this? It's draining. Jesus said the power has gone out for me. There's been some days, honestly, me and you talking now, there's been some days when I left here, I'm sure some of our staff did, like, we're just so drained trying to figure out the most complex ministry season any church and pastor and staff have ever tried to deal with. And I feel like sometimes the power just drains right out of me. <laughs> you know, every once in a while I'll get an email and say, David, man, I bet you're having fun. Like, you, what are you doing with your time? You got like, you're playing golf every day. You got nothing to do. It has never been harder to be a leader right now in my world than it is right now. The power has gone out from me. I can so relate to Jesus. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. And in the presence of all the people, so now she's going public, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then Jesus said to her, notice exactly what he said, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Notice what he called her. 
He didn't say, you interrupter, you problem, you daughter. See, she's not a number. She's a name. And this is what I so love about Jesus and when the church works right, where these little Jesuses running around. This is what I love. Her identity from that point on will no longer be the woman with the issues. Oh, that was 12 years. Listen, it is so easy to allow your issue to become your identity. But your identity in Jesus is not rooted in the situation haunting you, but the Savior who is healing you. Oh, come on. There's a word for some of you watching right here. Quit making excuses. Quit being identified by something you did. Even if it was 12 years you've been dealing with it. Go in peace. Okay, got another healing. Guess what? We got another interruption. Remember the original story, Jairus, he's still... Come on, yeah, yeah, I love you, lady. Glad you got that fixed, okay? While Jesus was still speaking to her, someone comes up and interrupts him again from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Notice how cold and callous and how hard-hearted this person speaks in to the situation. Your daughter is dead. Notice the twist here of the phrase. Jesus just said, daughter, your faith has healed you. And now this person from Jairus, the synagogue leader's house, says, your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Oh, man. Your problem is not important anymore. You, You don't need Jesus anymore. That issue, that person that was sick is now deceased. Man, how cold, how hard-hearted, how short-sighted this is. Because they're standing in the presence of a person. So are you watching today? You're in the presence of a person when you're in with Jesus who raises the dead. He laughs at death. Now other people are going to laugh about something too. Watch this. Your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. And hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, I love this phrase, don't be afraid, just believe, and she'll be healed. Three things. There's the same three things I would speak to you who have issues, who have interruptions in your life. Don't be afraid. Fear kills far more dreams than failure. Don't be afraid. Just believe. You got to believe something, and you'll be healed. So he's trying to comfort Jairus in the middle of chaos and interruptions. And when he arrived at the house of Jairus, he, Jesus, did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, James, and John, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. There's a lot of clamoring, a lot of muttering here. They are having to like awake. Jesus says, you know what? Stop wailing. She is not dead She's just asleep. I've been reflecting on this. There's a lot of wailing, mourning, griping, fussing, cussing. I'm just talking about me. I mean, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of racket in dead people's lives. There's a lot of racket in a dead church. There's a lot of crying and moaning and other words that I won't say online. He says, stop wailing. She's not dead She's just asleep. Notice that Jesus, I love this about Jesus, this good news tour he's on. He always repositions, he reshapes, he recalibrates, 
He reintroduces things that humans can't comprehend. She's just asleep. Remember I talked about laughing earlier? Verse 53, they laughed at him knowing that she was dead. See, they didn't understand the power they had right in front of them. Maybe you don't either. Maybe you're trying to heal yourself and the person that can heal your problem and take care of your interruption and your issue is right before you. Don't close your mind to the power of Jesus because closed minds closed doors in your life. So who are you laughing at? Who are you laughing with right now? They're laughing at the person who can help. Some of us in this room or maybe watching who've been following Jesus, we're used to people laughing at us. That kind of goes with it. But what do you laugh about? Well, what do you cry about? That will tell me a lot about what you believe about the Jesus who has the power to heal. They laughed at him knowing that she was dead, but he took her by the hand and said, and said my child, get up. And notice what happened, end of the story. Her spirit returned and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. I, this is my favorite part of the whole story, Jesus. You know, the food's always a part of every funeral. I'm all about the food. One of the things about Corona is, man, I can't dine where I used to dine, do what I used to do. I, I mean, I, I love to, there's something about eating together that gives you strength, physical strength and emotional strength. So the prayer of my life has always been, Lord, where you lead me, I will follow. What you feed me, I will swallow. I mean, that's pretty much what I, what I, how I live. Give her something. That, some of y'all watching on TV, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not, this is funny to me, he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. Yeah, right. Your 12-year-old daughter's dead, Jesus takes her hand, picks her up, and shh, don't tell anybody. Oh, I won't tell anybody. You're going to tell everybody. It's like the most genius marketing plan ever of Jesus Christ, because you know they're telling everybody. Multiple people... Multiple interruptions, multiple scenarios, multiple stressors, multiple anxiety, multiple healing. I've just described COVID-19 chaos to you right now. So who are you in this tour stop or story today? Who do you, listening here in this room or watching today, who do you most identify with today that you can say, that's me? Maybe you're Jairus, the religious one. There's a lot of that on the west side of Cincinnati, people watching me. Religious people who are kind of egotistical with their outward appearance and they think they're pretty good. What you need to do is pocket your pride and humbly ask Jesus, follow his feet, ask him to intervene in your situation. Some of us need God to, speaking of interruptions, interrupt our ego, this religious rules-based life and enter into a relationship with the person who can raise the dead. You know what? That would be good news for you. Maybe you're not Jairus. Maybe you're the woman with the chronic issues. Maybe today you are one struggling with a medical condition. You're, you're the one here in this text who's like trying desperately to reach out and touch Jesus, grasping the master. What you really need more is the master to touch you. Well, you need to touch him, but let me tell you what. The way to deal with your issues and your interruptions is for the master to interrupt them. 
What are the issues that Jesus needs to touch in your life right now? Marital issues, physical issues, drug issues, porn issues, racist issues, money issues. What do you need God to touch and enter into your world with the power and the peace that he provides? Oh, that would be good news for you. But in order to get healed by Jesus, you have to be close enough to get close enough to him for his power to flow through you and in you. See, there is great power in proximity. If we've learned anything from COVID-19, it's this. You catch what you're close to. And if you're not close to Jesus, don't expect Jesus to work. Don't expect him to move. you got to get pretty close to Jesus. There are no like distant life changes when you follow Jesus. Maybe you're the person who is laughing. Even some of you skeptical watch it on TV. Your spouse has turned and said, you're going to watch that bald, one of those bald, two bald preachers from that church. You're so watching that today. You're going to watch that girl Jerrica teach. You're watching it. You're like you're sitting on a couch like, you kind of smirk, kind of laugh. I get that. Maybe you're the one who's laughed at Jesus and Jesus' people. We get that. Many here tonight, many watching on this TV, we were laughing about people like us too until we realized that Satan was having the last laugh in our life and Jesus and his followers were better people to laugh with and live with than anybody else because there was life. And I'm guessing the issues you have, you haven't solved them and that's why there's something else that's missing. There's a God-Jesus-shaped hole in the tour of you where it needs to be the tour of him. Maybe you're even that little 12-year-old girl who just needs to take the hand of Jesus and get up out of your deadness. Oh, that's a whole nother sermon. It's time for some of you to rise to good news, to eat, to feed on his word. What I want to leave you with is a challenge, though. The person that I most want us and myself to be like right now in this good news tour is not Jairus. It's not really the woman with the chronic issue, the people laughing, the 12-year-old girl. We all could literally be good news by being like Jesus as we walk slowly through the crowds of our lives. I'm going to encourage you in this COVID chaos season of interruptions and issues to be a healer yourself. You might have to do it from six feet now, but allow yourself to be interrupted so others can be healed. Do you live your life in a way that you're interruptible? Or are you so overscheduled? Are you so overconsumed with your own life, even in COVID season, that you have no margin to help anybody else? Friend, your life will change. Your tour of life will change. You'll have life to its fullest if you will leave margin for the miracles that he wants to work through you. So I encourage you. Here's your homework. Yeah, you got homework. I encourage you every day this next week, to wake up each morning looking for the opportunities and God's agenda in the interruptions of your life. Not your agenda, God's agenda. When an interruption happens, you used to fuss and cuss and carry on. I want you to say, uh-oh, here's my chance. This is what David was talking about, to create good news. When your alarm, here's my goal for everybody watching this and everybody in the Whitewater family for sure. When the alarm goes off in the morning, I want the devil to say, oh, shoot, 
she's awake. Now the devil may say, in other words, besides shoot. But anyway, all, whatever. They're awake. They're alert. They're going. Because he knows you're going to be good news to somebody. You're going to open doors never opened before. And when they come, you're going to remember this message. This is what David was talking about. You have no idea. When you wake up, it's the first thing I pray when I get up and what God, before my feet hit the floor, there's going to be some people that are on your agenda that are not on my agenda today. In fact, there's some people I don't want on my agenda <laughs> that you know you're going to send my way. Extra grace required people. I just pray, God, help me to be like Jesus. Help me to walk slowly through the crowd. Even though it's draining, there's an interruption coming today that's a divine appointment not an interruption. And you never know when you get up that day what will come into your world and that God will use you to heal and to save a person. Saw a really short news story of a deputy named Nix that did this recently. Talk about an interruption issue that he dealt with. I want you to watch this short clip. This blessed my heart. Is that not a better narrative than you're seeing on TV today? I think so. See, the gospel literally means good news. It's not bad news. It's not sad news. It's not old news. It's not weird news. It's good news. And oh, my friend, if ever there was a time when we need good news carriers on a tour with Jesus, it's right now. Because a world at its worst needs the church at its best. And that means you have good news. So if you need that good news in your life, it would be like clergy malpractice for me not to tell you about this friend named Jesus. And I would tell you to do exactly what Jesus told Jairus to do. If you don't have a relationship with him, I'm not talking about a religion now like that religious dude, but do what Jairus had to do. I would tell you the same three things. Don't be afraid. 
It's going to take some courage. Don't be afraid. Just believe, and you'll be healed from your sin. And then when you're done with that, you need to go all in with your faith like so many of us in this room and so many watching did. We're going to have a big all-in service at our next outdoor service on July 19th. If you're thinking about that, let us know. Come with your trunks. Come with your mask. We're going under. But the really good news that I want to leave you with today is that Jesus is still walking through the COVID crowd today. And I believe he wants to touch every area of your life and bring you good, not harm, and bring you life to the fullest. Because, friend, everything, everything is better with Jesus. Everything. Your marriage is better. Your job's better. I'm telling you, polit wouldn't politics be better if Jesus were a part of it? <laughs> everything better with Jesus a part of it. Even the interruptions are better when Jesus is a part. I want to pray for you. Father, thank you for everyone watching, on uh, participating in this Good News Tour. May we this week seize the opportunities when they come our way cleverly disguised as interruptions to say, God, I was made for this. Here's my chance to share and create and be good news just like Jesus. And for anyone watching who has an issue Help them to know they have a friend. And even though our church is trying to figure out what this looks like to minister to people in this pre and mid and post-COVID world, I'm sure we won't get it right. God, our mission continues whether we're on campus or online because it's not about a building. It's not about a Sunday service. It's about a Savior named Jesus who's radically redirected our life. And therefore, we have thousands of churches all over the town, all over the world, because we are becoming good news. Because we can help people find a home and hope in Jesus. And I love that, God. So thank you for this time, this moment, and for those watching and listening today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We will see you next week.